you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting and DJ Impact. And I got a couple of the bad boys here with me. And it's good to see you, Sis City Steve and Matt Michaels. We're going to get right into our three count. And let me just start off just by reading a bunch of headlines. And then you guys just tell me what you think. And all these are just titles that are all coming from our regular, uh, I guess, dirt sheet sites or just uh, different uh publishers or whatever the case may be so here it is this is our first count for tonight these are just titles here something is up wrestling legend comments on rumors buying or selling the juiciest wwe and aw rumors vince mcmahon selling wwe to nbc is vince mcmahon selling wwe vince mcmahon is preparing to sell wwe CM Punk sends a tweet suggesting that WWE uh, might be selling Vince. Will Vince McMahon really sell WWE? Is WWE really prepping up to sell the company? Um, It goes on and on. WWE firing everyone to sell the company. All right. That was what all that's been going on for the past. Oh, since it came out that they released some of the top stories. Uh, WWE superstars, um, yeah, and I guess you could say Braun Strowman is a top superstar, Matt. You're giving me that look like uh, top. <laughs> I'm just going to come out and ask you guys, how crazy is this idea? Is WWE selling, looking to sell the company? And if that's just something that's just ridiculous, despite the fact that 20 People all want to jump on that same thing. What do you think is actually going on here? Being that you've now have experienced uh, another bunch of uh, layoff. And this time, these names were some pretty, you know, some known names that been with the company for a while. That some of the other names we've had before, you might not be too familiar with them because maybe they were from NXT or um, or from elsewhere. But you guys tell me. What do you think when you hear, when you see all these headlines? Why are we jumping to the idea is WWE selling? Because that's what's going to happen. Ah. There you go. <laughs> Topic one, done. What's <laughs> the second one? <laughs> no, I mean, realistically, like, you have to look at it. Um, how long have we been saying on this show that WWE is priming you know, priming everything in order to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it's obvious at this point. Um, 
I think that something that really stood out to me was that um, I guess that it's come to light that, you know, they uh, up until the day before or two days before the actual cut occurred, that they were all systems go on Alistair Black uh, beginning a feud with Big E. Um, you know, they they obviously had the interaction. Uh, they shot numerous vignettes. Um, so realistically, his release, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but kind of did. Uh, if you look at it, they, you know, they were priming up this storyline. And what that screams to me is that somebody within whatever organization is looking to buy WWE they made the call of, hey, we don't want this guy as part of the package. Mm. Get rid of him. So uh, wow. That that's that that is legitimately what I what I think. I mean, realistically, if you're somebody like a Disney um or you know, somebody of that nature, then that could have been easily one of the conditions um as to, you know, hey, we we're on board to make this purchase, but this person because of whatever, either storyline or because guy, it could be a litany of things with Alistair Black, but they obviously had invested a lot of time and a lot of resources into a storyline that will never see the light of day. Um, Alistair Black even made mention that his, his entrance music uh, that they designed and created new entrance music for him to use that will never see the light of day now. So, and uh, Alistair did mention that it was, according to him, the, the favorite, like his favorite song that he would have ever entered the ring to. So, yeah, I, 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 there has to be something bigger at play. Has to be. So before I go over to you, Matt, just to kind of read, I mean, John from the uh, our messages here says, one thing to consider, whoever the potential buyer possibly is maybe the reason behind some of the releases are to line up with certain images that the company wants represented so he agreed with steve like ruby and alistair being all tatted up that's not a disney image they want to portray he said but then again the fiend it's interesting all around let me go with you matt what do you think about this whole thing all right so let's see we got Two possibilities, big possibilities. We got, we got, uh, we got um, Disney and NBC. All right. Okay. Those are your two, you know, most practical potential buyers. NBC, of course, has the library now. And Disney, of course, is a conglomerate that buys other companies, all right? So when you look at um, Disney first, um, you know, Disney basically, we kind of look at it like this, all right? So you got a huge, a huge thing here with Disney, and that's kind of their... Um, they're sliding like uh, Star Wars and Marvel and the Muppets, all these independent companies and Fox, right? And one of the things that they do is when they purchase a company like that, 
they allow them to still be run as an independent entity, right? Kathleen Kennedy still manages, you know, Lucasfilms like she would have before the sale. Mm -hmm. Okay. Disney really doesn't interfere in that sense as much as they, um, you know, give the platforms for things to, uh, you know, be distributed, be licensed. And, um, you know, that, that would fit under the umbrella because you would have um, the ability to keep Stephanie and Hunter and whoever else in place. Yeah. And then you have, uh, you have uh, NBC. So kind of have then NBC is kind of a different, you know, kind of arc on the angle where you have them already having the library, right? So that's huge. Now that they have Peacock, they can then also kind of um, use that platform as the network platform. They can do the live, uh, you know, pay-per-views. Um, they're all they're also the owners of USA. Okay, so you have a very realistic sense. Um, that NBC could be the potential buyer uh, as well. And um, with that, when you look at what they've done with these releases, I don't think it's image. I think that when you look at what you're trying to do, you're not, the, the company is not telling you cut these guys because we don't want them in the image of this blah, blah, blah. What's going on is the new three-headed monster that is the CEOs, essentially, of the company, the operating officer, and the, you know, these are the guys who are now calling the shots. They're getting it ready for sale. So they're looking at the contracts that they have and what worth do these contracts have. The the creative, don't forget these guys aren't really touching creative. So um, let's say Vince McMahon didn't want to, you know, get rid of Braun Strowman. Um, I don't think it was Vince's decision. I think it was them coming and saying, hey, these are the numbers we need to, you know, scratch off. And you're going to still see more people probably get released because they are, building to try to sell the company. Now, remember, um, you kind of had here, which was big, is you had the UFC, okay? Now, remember, the UFC, um, their big thing is, you know, they basically sold the UFC for, I think it was like $3 billion, I believe, so, you know, they've been wanting to basically capitalize on that and, you know, make a sale that was essentially bigger than UFC. And then, you know, you got to think also here that, um, you know, basically you have um, you have Vince preparing his family. Right. So essentially what you're looking at is you're seeing, um, you know, something that's happening 
that is causing them um, the uh, the preparation for the uh, the company's sale, and um, and in the end, um, what you what you hope is basically you hope to take that, and then you hope that there's just kind of like a emotion. <laughs> To kind of like get things going and get things off the ground, and then eventually the company will just explode, you know, yeah, and that will make a lot of profit, a lot of people rich. Oh, god, yeah, you know, always leave it to you, Matt Michaels, always leave it to you. (laughs) Hey, well, you know what, what the Okay. Uh, one thing Chris did say is, I think it would be interesting if Vince sold WWE, but yet somehow found a way to retain all the ownership rights and libraries to WCW, ECW, AWA, etc. Okay, so they already they sold the library. Oh, they did. Okay. And you see, the Peacocks that was literally because it, it was, I think, what a billion. Yeah, it was a billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. That was the whole. So that's why the theory would make sense that if they if they hook up with NBC, NBC already owns right the library. So yeah. and so what makes this complicated? This idea of them selling to Disney. The complication would be is that NBC owns the the um, the catalog. So now anything that would get produced under Disney then would you would have a very it would be a mess yeah so nbc would have to sell basically that catalog to disney so then the disney could use disney plus to have a platform for it plus um so disney's also you know parent company of espn so would they air pay-per-views on espn would be on disney plus disney plus isn't hooked up for live streaming i really doubt it's disney right got you yeah okay well thank you guys for that we'll go right into our second count which is from bleacherreport.com it's titled wwe makes it harder to get emotionally invested in wrestlers so i'm just going to read a little bit of what he wrote here he was just saying that WWE just made big problems quite a bit worse with the shocking releases of big names like Braun Strowman and Aleister Black. WWE amplified an issue that has been plaguing its weak programming for a long time, and there's little reason for fans to get invested in characters and storylines. And this was already a big issue simply because WWE dropped storylines left and right. Likewise, the company's lack of creativity when booking stars an entire division often doesn't lead to satisfying payoffs, and that's when a plan gets followed through at it all. So then he starts to go a little bit in, into uh, Braun Strowman's, some of the storylines with, with him, and then also with um, with Aleister Black. And then as I drop all the way down to the, uh, to the, towards the end, he goes, and that's the other problem here. Fans already know how this goes. The cuts were made for supposed budgetary reasons, yet fans know WWE will turn right around and spend big the next time a Lesnar or Goldberg wants to come back around the middle of the summer during WrestleMania season. So even worse than the fear of investing in superstars because they could be cut from the roster fans, fans have to worry that if it will happen just so WWE can bring in temporary acts, 
they might not have an interest in seeing in the first place. And it's an unfortunate place for everyone to reside. So it was bad enough when Drew McIntyre got mishandled around Mania after a superb year-long run, making fans tired of him. And now there's the threat of not only seeing a talent misused, but outright let go. And that all makes it hard for fans to get too attached to the performers, both the characters and the real person alike. And in the wrestling business, that's the opposite of what a company should be striving for on a daily basis. All right. Uh, Matt Michaels, Sin City Steve, pretty much saying, look, man, you know, we're getting invested into these characters. And before you know it, I mean, Aleister Black, they were getting, you know, they had promos running. You know, they he actually came out. The one day you're like, okay, here we go. Let's get going. We were big fans. And then, plop, that happens. Just the writer. I know a lot of times you guys shit on writers every week and you might even want to shit on him. But do you think he has a point here that, you know, this whole move that has happened does make it tough to get invested in these wrestlers? Sensity? Definitely. I, I think that this is just the latest – um, the latest event in a string of events that um, just go on to show that Vince's Vince has learned, you know, d- no one competitor is bigger than the brand. Um, and that's, that's something that they've, that he's pushed for. Um, you know, obviously um, Hogan could do whatever he wanted. Um, and I think that, I think that although they had a, a period of extreme growth um, in the eighties uh, with, with Hogan at the, as the face of the company um, since that point, And since Austin came and went and the rock came and went, Vince now knows that, and everybody within WWE's corporate structure, they have to realize that anything can, cha- anything can happen. Things can change on a moment's notice. So at the end of the day, they're not building Aleister Black fans. They're not building Roman Reigns fans. They're building WWE fans. And the parts that make up WWE are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Um, and this, this, this writer actually hit the nail directly on the head. We all know that we're going to have the litany of part-timers come back for WrestleMania. They do that shit every year, it seems like. Um, and you know, SummerSlam right around the corner. Mm-hmm. A big, a big rumor is that John Cena is going to be coming back. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to, they're going to spend on, on these, on these names, but this, this crop of, you know, people that they should be building the company around. We're not, we're not really seeing that that much at all. Yeah. And um, I think that as, as I had mentioned, it's, it's more of a thing of, not necessarily building building up names and building up stars, but building up the brand and the company and then being able to to swap those names and those stars as needed. Yeah, uh, Matt Michaels, John just happened to write, he says, it's safe to say we were all emotionally invested in Roman Reigns since he's returned at SummerSlam. Then he said, I was personally ready to fly to Tampa and burn down the stadium when Randy Orton beat The Fiend at WrestleMania. That's emotional investment right there. And then Sean also added, I think it's easy to get emotionally involved in certain wrestlers, but extremely hard to get emotionally invested into an entire WWE show, unless it's Rumble, Mania, or SummerSlam. So over to you, Matt. What's your take on this? Uh, 
is the writer have somewhat of a point here? It's just it's making it very tough to um, to be emotionally invested in these wrestlers when you have these type of um, let goes happening. No, I think the I think the author is full of shit on this one. Interesting. Okay. The reason being is that um, you could say that you're invested in um, a particular wrestler. Okay. Alistair Black. You guys are saying Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally just don't think he has it. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. I don't think he has it. Okay. So I've never emotionally invested in him. But I enjoyed what they did with him in NXT. Right? Mm-hmm. And the reason I enjoyed that wasn't because I was invested in Alistair Black. It's because the booking team and the writing team did a very good job. Okay. That's the problem. The problem is, is that a lot of times what we're seeing is we want to associate in the WWE the fact that they don't use guys a certain way. And the truth of the matter is that the guys you should be invested in are the guys that you would bring back for big events, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, right? Mm-hmm. You're invested in The Undertaker. The Undertaker, why the fuck did he even come back for, let's say, the last five years? All he was doing is, you know, pretty much one offs or, or two offs in a year, right? Mm-hmm. So you're actually invested into that character no matter how shitty the storyline is. Okay? But... With guy like Braun Strowman, let me ask you, what's your favorite Braun Strowman match, guys? <laughs> That's it. So you're not invested because why? <laughs> why would I invest in this guy? Because the stories haven't been there. And there's also a ceiling for a guy that big, right? Lana. Am I invested in Lana? No. Like, I'm not sitting there going, oh, my God. Now, if you're talking Charlotte Flair, oh, yeah, because she's a top player. So there's only so many spots at top, and we always get, you know, wrestling fans forget that Andrade, he might have been good in NXT. They gave him a good thing to deal with. But on the bigger roster and the bigger picture, Andrade is not better than Seth Rollins. Andrade is not better than Roman Reigns, Andrade's not better than uh, AJ Styles. You know, look at the top tier of guys. Andrade's not better than Kofi Kingston, and Kofi is not used necessarily in the best way. But I'll tell you right now, you got invested in Kofi Kingston, and that's why he got the title. So they can also pick up on, hey, fans are behind this. We can go with that. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was a guy who people invested in and they went with it, but you can't, you can't as a company go with the investing of the fans um, on every single wrestler. They have to have some kind of it factor. And that's, and that's, you know, a fair thing. Um, I'll tell you right now, when you look at AEW, when you look at Ring of Honor, when you look at Impact, when you look at any wrestling company, most likely the people you're invested in are the top five to ten people. 
because those people are constantly getting good storylines. And that's really what makes things run is the actual storylines for the characters. And you can take a guy like Jericho and you can basically put him in any company on this planet and you'll immediately invest in him. If you've never seen him before, something will be calling you. And that is because he's got it. He's got it. And that's what it comes down to. And I think a lot of these, these cuts, I mean, you look at some of the names and you go, eh. Why, why Ruby Riot instead of Liv Morgan? Well, you have to look that what we don't know is what the contracts are. Okay, that's simple fair. as that. That's simple fair. as that. And and also, um, you know, if you think about it, you know, again, well, why Lana and not Naomi? You know, we can, but it's apples and oranges. Now, here's the other thing too. Liv Morgan, we don't know necessarily um, what the. Um, what the WWE is also planning in investing into them, meaning that are there other things that they can make money with that person on the side, you know? Yeah. But, but again, to me, Ruby Riot or Liv Morgan interchangeable. You let either one of them go. I mean, is anyone really crying about that? No, not really. So Okay. You know, here, 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 here's a, here's an example. Um, you have uh, Shotzi and Ember, right? Yeah. So, are you emotionally invested in both of them? You know. Yeah. I mean, I think that most people, most people, myself included, are a little more invested in Shotzi. So, if Shotzi got let go. Then it'd be like, whoa, that's kind of weird. But Ember's still with them. Okay. And again, we don't know the contract details necessarily. Um, we don't know how much time's left on the contract as well. And so I think it's just, again, when you look at certain things, there might be a little more you're attached to because it's your personal taste as a fan. But in the end, it's kind of, at a certain level, they're interchangeable parts. Yeah. Which goes around what Steve's saying, and that is you're looking at the organization as a company more so than, you know, listen, I'm, I, I hate, you know, fans don't want to hear this, but the truth of the matter is, is that if you stop watching whatever company it is, or if you die, guess what? Someone will be there to replace your fandom. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah. Sin City, did you want to add anything else, or I'm just going to go to the next? I just want to make sure you were... No. Okay. No, we're golden. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Let's get right over to our third count. And this one's from WrestlingNews.co. It is titled, WWE SummerSlam will be a shorter show because of Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence fight. So let me read here what it says. He says, don't expect this year's WWE SummerSlam pay-per-view to be a marathon show on August 21st. Dave Meltzer noted on Wrestler Observer Radio that WWE was asked to go off the air in time so that fans that want to get to the Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence Jr. fight can get there in time. 
The boxing pay-per-view will air at the same time as SummerSlam, but the main event is not expected to start until sometime around midnight. SummerSlam is listed as starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time, which means that they will run approximately three hours for, for their main card. And WWE typically starts their shows at 7 p.m. Eastern time. There's no word yet on why this show is starting later than usual. However, one has to assume that WWE will be able to put some matches on the kickoff show. Now, Meltzer was also noted that there were some headaches for WWE before they locked in the Allegiant Stadium. At one point, the plan was to run on Sunday, but the stadium asked them to run the show on Saturday night. There was also talk of not running the show at all in Las Vegas because of the Pacquiao fight. At this point, it looks like the main card for SummerSlam will run from 8 p.m. Eastern to just around 11 p.m. or perhaps slightly longer than that. And in the conclusion, it says it's expected that there would be somewhere around 60,000 to 70,000 fans in attendance for SummerSlam and John Cena versus Roman Reigns is rumored the main event. The idea is that since they couldn't get a full house at WrestleMania, that they would do a WrestleMania caliber show with SummerSlam in the stadium. All right, guys, we finally know it came out this weekend uh, that WWE finally has locked down the Allegiant Stadium, which is very exciting for our town. A lot's going to be going on, so please keep it locked. If you don't follow us, start following us on our social media. There's also our website, too, VegasBadBoys.com. A lot of things going to be happening now that it's official, and we want you guys to be a part of it and know, you know what's going on. But with that, wow, this is just amazing. Now, we know this is coming from uh, Dave Meltzer, uh, one, of our, uh, one of our bad boys um, termed it Steve Meltzer. And so... Um, <laughs> uh, that probably would go to Houston City there. Uh, and, shout, and, and shout out to uh, to Simon Street. He's not able to be with us, taking care of some personal issues. Uh, to, uh, take care of that, man. We got you over here. Um, this story, though, can you believe? I mean, so I, it, it just makes you wonder. Okay, you got two big events. Apparently, you know, you got a you got the boxing organization saying we want this day. Then you had WWE saying we want this day. Then you got the boxing organization saying we want this time. And then you got WWE saying we want this time. You know, everything seems to be happening uh all that which is, you know, great for the town, but apparently um seem like it's going to be just an an, an issue uh of just trying to get people who maybe like both sports to be able to participate in both of this. Just imagine you're being asked now that you're going to, you know, to end your show earlier because apparently some fans, uh, by the way, you know, I've been to many wrestling shows here and I know the cost of tickets. They can be, they can be expensive, but you know, in most stadium shows, you can find a reasonably good seat for a hundred sure. bucks or whatever the no, case may be. They, they actually, in the announcement, okay, the, uh, the ticket price starts at $25. For SummerSlam. Okay, so so you have that, and I'm just I'm just really wondering. I mean, so at some point, the fan who picked up the twenty five dollar ticket will need to get out of the Allegiant Stadium so that he can make it over to the Manny Pacquiao fight that I'm sure starts at about five hundred dollars. I'm just guessing because most boxing <laughs> matches are pretty expensive. Uh, they got to get over there so they can make the show. This to me just sounds crazy, and of course, I guess WWE is is 
agreeing with this. Again, this comes from Dave Meltzer. I don't know. I'm going to start with you, Matt Michaels. You tell me, what do you think about this whole story? Is SummerSlam really not going to go that long because we have another big, important boxing match happening around the same time in Vegas? What's your take on this? So the first thing that sticks out to me is amazingly our memories are really fucking short. They always used to start the shows at 5 p.m. West Coast time and 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Until just recently, which was more so within the last two years. So that in itself is like, wait a minute. The second thing, man, (laughs) isn't it funny how people just will bitch and bitch and bitch. Oh, WrestleMania is too long and this is too long and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, my God, they're only doing three hours. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So so just in that, you know, in that aspect, um, that's just one. Number two, um, Dave Meltzer, once again, proves he's full of shit and he doesn't <laughs> fucking have the right sources. Because you are absolutely right. That is the first thing that struck my mind. There is no motherfucking way that that event gets done at, um, you know, 11 o'clock on the Eastern time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that'd be eight o'clock our time. And then you're able to get from the stadium yeah. across the strip, right. find right. parking and get into the building by the time the Pacquiao match starts. Fuck that. It's bullshit. It's you know what? And again, these assholes like to create fucking drama to sell their fucking, you know, news fucking site, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's bullshit. It's all made up. Guess what? Many times big events have happened at the same time. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now that in the old days, yes, the wrestling fan and the boxing fan are the same person. Now, no fucking way. Right. And one of the things you hit on is the price of getting into a fucking boxing match. <laughs> number number two, on top of that, yeah. so I'm reading it going, okay, that makes no sense trying to get to the boxing match. That was really strange. Right, yeah. I right. was thinking, oh, if anything, it's people paying for the pay-per-view that want to see that match live. All right, that bout live right. for the Pacquiao, right? Yeah. And we all know that if you pay your five or ten bucks to Peacock, if you miss out on some of SummerSlam, you just fucking watch it tomorrow or watch <laughs> it after the Pacquiao fight. Right. So it makes no sense to me. Um, I think that this was essentially um, more so a call by the stadium itself, it seems, in terms of wanting it on Saturday for whatever reason. Maybe the idea is this. Saturday is in the middle of the weekend. Sunday is at the end of the weekend. How many people are going to be around at 8 o'clock at night on a Sunday when the event is ending? You know what I'm saying? But in this, if you put it on Saturday, you're getting people who came in on Friday. And you're getting people who haven't left because it's not Sunday. It's fucking it's it's vegas booking 101 Mm -hmm. stop with this nonsense about you know competition and we can't have this big fight in this big event fuck it there are going to be 60 70 people in that stadium no problem 
All right. And if it doesn't, well, guess what? Then uh, Vegas never gets a WrestleMania. So there you go. It's a trial run for WrestleMania. Also, here's the other question. How many people are going to, if the main event is John Cena versus Roman Reigns? Well, guess what? Talk about fucking up your momentum with Roman being a heel. (laughs) Because the people paying are going to go see Roman. They want to see him beat Cena's ass. So Cena's going to get booed and Roman's going to get cheered. So good fucking luck with any creative on this as well. So it's just a bunch of bullshit drama created by a bunch of men who make money off of other people. And in the end, it is just a bunch of high schoolers fucking making rumors up and trying to fucking pit things against each other so that their website can get more hits. That's it. Dave Meltzer. Good night. <laughs> Since he seemed like he just locked it all there, but we got to get your uh, comments. What do you, what do you think about this man? When you, when you, when you hear uh, about this story, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy that I'm going to be witnessing a three-hour, possibly even under three-hour SummerSlam live show. Yeah. That's what I'm happy for. Right, yeah. I mean, shit. I'll, I'll be the first one to say that I tear into long wrestling events. Uh, Impact, Michaels, we've all been in arenas for seven-hour-plus WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. We all know how to- I've never done. I've never done a WrestleMania, amazingly enough. Um, I've never been to one past WrestleMania uh, 21, and oh, that shit. event was no no more than uh, three and a half four hours. So okay. I have not suffered that, and I don't want to, to be honest. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I so have. impact impact. <laughs> you know, you know what starts happening around hour four. Of course, you start to you start to lose, you know, any kind of energy that you have. You, you need it. You need to pick me up. You need something to get you re-energized. But the good thing is, is that with this, you're going to have a tight show. Three, even if they have an overrun, three and a half hours, that's the exact length that a wrestling pay-per-view should be. A wrestling pay-per-view should not go any longer than three and a half, four hours. So I'm I'm enthused, to say the very least, uh, at this decision. And it makes all the sense in the world that it's happening on a Saturday, as Michaels had mentioned. And also, again, I think I kind of pointed it out, but it really didn't take into consideration that, honestly, they're going to do their hour pre-show. They might even do a two-hour pre-show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what the fuck? What? And and the other thing to keep in mind, too, let's, let's call it what it is. How many outside wrestling fans, WWE Universe members, are they going to have that are going to make Vegas the destination for the entire weekend at this point? Tons tons of people will descend upon las vegas especially because this is going to be the first major wwe pay-per-view since we've all been you know quarantined in our homes for a year plus ever a lot of people really want to go listen so obviously I've, I've gotten a few chats already on my phone going um hey i i don't you bad boys buy up all the tickets because I need to I need to get some for me and my family, you know. And and, and these are people, of course, that that live in Cali. But in other words, you know, they're jokingly saying, "Hey, we're coming out there for the show." Now that we hear that this is coming, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be major. Very smart on them to do that. I didn't I I didn't see that coming, you know. But the other the other big point is. Um, 
well, two things. One, the bigger point uh, is you got to remember one thing. This is the first time that the stadium is going to have. This is a brand new fucking stadium still. So this is going to be its first big crowd. So you're going to get people who actually just are going to go out of the curiosity of, uh, hey, I want to check out the stadium as well. The second factor in this, which is something that instead of, you know, okay, Dave Meltzer is a wrestling reporter. I use the word very loosely, (laughs) reporter. Of course. Um, But his focus is on this story versus Pacquiao. Shouldn't his actual focus be on the fact that after the event is done which will be somewhere around 8 p.m by 9 9 30 10 o'clock you're able to get to gcw who will obviously have something to do in town they will be out here there's no doubt fsw if they run saturday night or if they run sunday or if they run friday or if they run all day you know all the verses um big valley if if they decide to do something i mean those are just local companies and how you know how many other promoters might bring something in for that weekend so it's also giving you a chance as a fan to experience other um independent shows yeah And so that's what Meltzer should be focusing on is, hey, guess what? This is a great time to be a wrestling fan and come to Las Vegas because it's going to be a fucking stacked weekend. But no, we got to talk about Pacquiao. Right. Also, keep in mind the hotels um, with it being moved to a Saturday, then, of course, the the lodging rate is going to be higher on a Saturday than on a Sunday. So that was that was the another thing that I was going to mention as well. So yep. yeah, it's, it's going to, it's going to translate into a lot larger of a boost for our economy here in Las Vegas um, with them moving it to a Saturday than on a, than on a Sunday. And you're, and then you're getting that other um, side of the, the uh, economic boost with the Pacquiao fight. Exactly. <laughs> so it, you know, it's bullshit. Again, it's bullshit like this that makes, you know, you're just trying to get web hits because you're using Pacquiao's name and pitting against WWE and stuff. Hey, how about highlighting the fact that Las Vegas is about to have a really, really good fucking weekend after this shitty pandemic? Yeah. And just to agree, you know, when you happen to, there was only one comment that was made on this story. And that person put, a.k.a. we love Dave Meltzer's nuts. So since he said, so since he said it, we must put it out as fact. He says, F Dave, that con man. I think he agrees with what you're saying, man. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, honestly, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating that. This is the kind of shit that gets leaked, quote unquote. Well, the question and would have like, been if this is if this would have been a major AEW all out event, how would he would have phrased this if it was going against Manny? I wonder how that would have would have been the same way or would have been looked at as 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 a praise for them doing such an event and how successful it would be. And, you know, I, that's what I really wonder how the story would have been phrase differently because we know how Meltzer is when it comes to anything WWE versus AEW or or any other or or like New Japan which he's a big fan of too 
So, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. The um, the the headline would have been AEW makes a brilliant decision. Yeah. In forcing the uh, the Pacquiao fans to make a decision or right. something like that, or like the yeah. like the Tokyo Dome show if that was in Vegas at the Allegiant Stadium, if that was that caliber of a show, it would be it would be praised. It would be the greatest thing that ever happened, and it would have been looked at very positively. Um, so I don't know. Especially if, if, especially if it was the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega in the main event, then it would have, <laughs> you know. That would have been rated the number one match before it even happened. So, right. With that. Well, <laughs> really quick, really yeah. quick on that, too. Um, I just want to hit on something we kind of have talked a little bit about last week, mm-hmm. and that is the, um, the AEW pay-per-view. And it's being reported that the the gross intake was um, six million. That's the gross. Mm-hmm. The profit was about three million. That's not, you know, that's not great. And and the person who I saw wrote the article was trying to spin it as if that was really good, but that's not really good. Um, so again, it brings up this question about. Really, honestly, in the new format that WWE has established with a network and being only, you know, 10 bucks or five bucks now for the network, mm-hmm. is this where we're seeing pay-per-view headed? Now, I'm not talking about smaller pay-per-views independents, okay? That's actually a good thing now with Fight TV and, and other, you know, avenues to stream your pay-per-views as an independent. But for those like ROH, Impact, AEW, and to some extent, New Japan. New Japan has always had its own niche, so that's not really the thing. But eventually, are they going to basically have to try to establish um, you know, solely their own network um, to stream the shows because of the fact that these profits, and, and that was not just the pay-per-view buy rate. That was including the gate and the the uh, merchandise sales. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's what was the alarming thing to me. So, and again, um, as it, much as we we have fun fucking with AEW and, and and giving Steve shit and stuff, the truth of the matter is is that I don't want to see people that I know lose their jobs. Exactly. Sure. So, and Impact, you know, they have which is interesting. They have Impact Plus, which they run. Uh, a lot of their shows and even their pay-per-view this week. What I don't what I don't understand why they don't run their bigger pay-per-views on their network. Why do they leave that to go jump over to like a fight um network or whatever when they have a setup that's that's was set up like like WWE's network. So why not just cre- have that nine whatever it costs, ten bucks and then run your pay-per-views on that? You know, all of them. So yeah. I don't know. Uh well mm-hmm. be, the the thing that stands out for me with that is Mm that wwe has when they ran the network they were playing a volume game um so they were just trying to cast as wide of a net as possible so that they could get as many subscribers as they can that's what kept the the network price at 10 bucks i don't think that you're going to be able to have that same kind of a thing with impact because and i'm not meaning any of any offense by this Mm -hmm. their viewer base is not even on you know, the same, sure. the same plane as what WWE is. Right. So 
they can't they can't play the volume game. They have to they have to get that forty to fifty bucks per, just like AEW. Sure. Yeah, and that's and that's a big thing. And the um, the the let's let's also be honest here. The the true honest answer here is wrestling fans are probably one of the highest rates of piracy in all entertainment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And no one wants to admit it, but as the um you know as 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 the especially if WWE sells to Disney or NBC there is just going to be a total blanket no matter if it's AEW or ROH blah 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 any site that streams shit is now going to be basically under a very watchful eye of a major conglomerate company and they won't stand for that shit because <laughs> right. if you could possibly get it on you know a wwe pay-per-view on the same server that you can get an AEW or roh whatever mm-hmm. they're going to want to shut those fucking servers down and it's already kind of started where they're going after some of the major um pirate um servers so sure. wrestling fans you know it's so funny we want to be so die hard and we're so into you know why didn't they use this guy why didn't they do this why didn't they do that yet they won't put out the 50 bucks for a pay-per-view so yeah great point good stuff guys we uh we knocked it out of the park again only a three count let's get our final thoughts for the week i'm gonna start over with you sin city what you want to tell the good folks out there Thank you guys for hanging out with us in the chat. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, hitting up our website, VegasBadBoys.com. We really appreciate everything that you do, and we do the show for you, so thank you. Um, special shout-out to all the brave men and women serving this country on lands both foreign and domestic. You enable us to be able to do this and everything that we do, so thank you. And last but not least, repsports.com, reppsports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and energy drink needs. Reppsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. Perfect. Matt Michaels. Hey, I just want to bring attention to uh, Get Well Tracy Williams. Uh, ROH is uh, one half of the tag team champions. He was hit by a car this week, uh, and his account was, firstly, I'll be okay. I got full-on hit by a car yesterday crossing the street. Guy blew a red going 25 miles per hour. I flew for what felt like a, a full second landing on my back. Just so unbelievably lucky and grateful that my dog, who was walking with me, was somehow not hit, and she's okay. Uh-huh. So um i'd take the hit for her any day and it could have been much worse there are a lot of things about it that we're lucky in that weird way like it's lucky that this asshole idiot driver didn't uh driver hit a 32 year old pro wrestler and not the old couple that was coming from the other side in front of me Mm. also i know that the times i said i feel like i got hit by a car i really wasn't that far off also annoying <laughs> it wasn't on camera because it must have looked insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's he's in good spirits and that's great to hear yeah. and uh, you know he's a tough motherfucker too so absolutely absolutely 
Good stuff, man. Uh, thank you for that. Get well, Mr. Hot Sauce. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. We we definitely appreciate that. We will um, we ask you to just continue to listen to all the different programmings we have going on. Uh, we still have the Defalco Files, which comes on every Wednesday. You definitely want to start. Uh, if you haven't been listening, look, these shows are timeless, folks. Uh, start back from the beginning. I know we're we're getting on episode sixty, but uh, you could go back to the first one to get caught up, and you you still would just be amazed at a lot of the stories and everything that is told about um, this uh, great organization that's based out here in Las Vegas and. And um, again, these guys, you know, they're now that we've got news, they're going to start, you know, hopefully prepping for something. They even have, I know, a, another big show around the corner um, that we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more about. So tune in Wednesdays, okay, uh, with Joe DeFalco, and, Matt, Michael, go ahead, man. And this this Wednesday, uh, the guest will be uh, Brandon Gatson. Um, okay. mm-hmm. And um, uh, on top of that, uh, this Friday, Friday, uh, you'll catch, uh, if you tune in, our interview uh, here on the Bad Boys uh, with Effie. Um, we are uh, supporting Effie uh, as a sponsor for uh, the appearance he's making at Big Valley Wrestling on uh, on uh, June 26th. Um, and uh, it's going to be a um, uh, charity show for um, the LGBTQ uh, club of uh, southern nevada it's a group that does great things mm-hmm. uh for that community um so um it's a really it's just a, a a really fun interview um some good stuff on there and um if you uh, you know a lot of independent fans know who effie is but if yeah. you don't know his work um you know look him up and uh, listen to the interview um you'll you'll fall in love with the guy just listening to what he has to say he's just a, a wonderful talent and, yeah. a, and a great guy awesome all right guys we said enough thank you for uh, hanging out with us we'll see you next week until then peace the biggest bad boys of podcasting